Welcome to the next edition of Business Law Focus. It's great having you with us. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Sarah McKenzie and Maria Filipides from Weber Wenzel. They're both partners at Weber Wenzel. And we wanted to delve a little bit more into ESG and the risks and legal risks relating to um, ESG at the moment. Now, South Africa hasn't, we've got a lot of legislation, a lot of regulation that's coming through, including on the tax front. But we haven't really had as many uh, cases going through the courts. So perhaps if we could start there, there's some interesting cases that relate to mining companies. Maybe let's just highlight a couple of those, if, if you don't mind. Thanks, Evan. Um, there are a number of cases around the world. There are approximately 2,000 uh, going on at the moment regarding climate change and what we call greenwashing, uh, which is a type of litigation risk faced by the financial sector. This is when companies or financial institutions make inaccurate or misleading ESG reporting and disclosure statements. Um, one of the cases that we've looked at in doing our research is the case of Ramirez versus ExxonMobil in uh, America. And this was a derivative suit filed by the shareholders against the directors for a breach of fiduciary duty and failure to disclose the impacts of climate change on the company's business reserves and assets. There are other cases as well, cases against actual financial institutions. Uh, for example, Abrams versus the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, where the shareholders of the Commonwealth Bank of Australia also filed a complaint against the bank for investing in coal mines. Uh, Sarah can tell you about uh, the recent Deutsche Bank. Sarah, do you want to talk about that? Thanks, Maria, and thanks, Evan. Um, yes, certainly. They, earlier this year, a couple of months ago, the offices of Deutsche Bank um, were raided in a number of jurisdictions in which it operates um, in relation to allegations that it had made misleading um, climate-related statements in its annual reports. Um, there is an investigation underway, and um, it's, it's very interesting uh, the, the investigators have said that there, there may well be prospectus fraud involved in relation to the ESG-related statements that um, the bank's asset management arm um, was making. Um, the bank has, of course, had to, to do a complete overhaul in response to this, and I think um, a salutary experience for for anyone um, in any sector making making statements that may be construed as misleading. Recently in South Africa, we had Standard Bank. Uh, it wasn't litigation, but it certainly was uh, made the headlines where their own PR company decided not to do work with them, specifically because of one of the projects, which is the East African Crude Oil Pipeline. And they decided they did a review of all their work, and they decided that because of the risks, they were not going to carry on. And and that was quite interesting, you know, this this kind of impact. And it seems to be driven. Do you expect like more of these types of reviews? It's, it's a pretty serious situation right now because of the risks that you face. I think that's right, Evan. You know, not only are companies facing increased regulation uh, with accompanying fines for breaching that regulation and also lawsuits where they may be liable for damages, but companies, financial institutions, whatever they might be, are finding that their business risks are increasing in that they're not able to do business if they're not compliant with these protocols. There is an example in the, um, in the insurance industry, one of the major reinsurers 
in the world has actually made a statement to say that it will not be reinsuring or insuring uh, companies that do not meet their ESG objectives by and, and their carbon objectives um, uh, by by 2050. So they're actually pulling out of um, of deals and pulling out of insuring those companies that are not on the road to making their targets. In South Africa, we do have a, a phalanx of, of regulations coming through. One of them is related to the insurance sector as well, right? Yes, that's right. Um, you may know uh, the prudential standards are promulgated by the prudential authority um, from time to time. And currently, the latest GOI3 uh, requires insurers, uh, including the, the life and non-life insurers, to prepare their investment policies with regard to several requirements. Some relate to their strategies for investing, including where they're going to allocate their assets, how these assets will be managed, and also taking into account any factors that might materially affect their, the sustainable long-term performance of those assets. So absolutely right. And just broadly, the South African regulatory regime, do you feel that we are in lockstep and keeping up? Um, I think that there are there are jurisdictions that are much further along the path mm. towards um, a, a highly regulated ESG um, disclosure requirement environment. Uh, South Africa, the South African environment certainly does contain um, ESG related um, requirements indirectly um, in, in other forms in legislation. And there's a lot of guidance in relation to the King Code and um, the JSE um, essentially guidance uh, on ESG-related disclosures that's been issued. Um, but, but certainly nothing nothing with um, as sharp a bite as we're seeing in Europe and, and in the States, for instance. Yeah, and, and, and just to go back to that conversation when you're mentioning some of the litigation happening overseas, I wouldn't say it's emissions, but in some cases it seems like companies haven't really um, given all the details or the, the information that they gave, you know, didn't, didn't match up to reality. Uh, that's quite a concern, right? I mean, even in South Africa, the Financial Markets Act, um, you know, makes it clear, you know, you actually can't publish any false or misleading statement. So you make a misleading statement in South Africa, um, it's quite possible that you may run foul of something like the Financial Markets Act uh, if, if the misleading statements are related to your ESG activities. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, I, I think that we are giving advice to all of our clients that um, they need to be fully aware that omissions or even overemphasizing the yeah. positives may create a misleading picture and could be problematic um, from a misrepresentation type perspective. And of course, I the, wonder if I yes. could add, uh, sorry to interrupt you, sure. Evan, I wonder if I could add an example there. You know, we have the Consumer Protection Act, which yeah. has been around since 2008. And, you know, this act similarly um, prohibits people from making material facts and, and, you know, holding out their products to have attributes that they don't. And while we haven't seen that type of litigation in South Africa, there's, there's a case in Holland, um, there, there was a case, a challenge brought before the Dutch Consumer Authority against a meat producer who launched, launched an advertising campaign describing pork as being more climate friendly than you think. 
Um, and, you know, when it turned out that it wasn't actually as climate friendly, uh, it was facing fines. So you find that almost in every industry, we speak about the mining industry and the financial industry, but there it is in the consumer industry as well. Yeah, and also overseas, if you look at, for instance, the UK's financial sector uh, conduct authority, you know, it's it's published an ESG strategy. And if you look at that, you're actually saying that these consumers must be able to trust green and other ESG labeled financial instruments and products, which is is quite interesting and, and quite, uh, you know, quite an important development, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there is a huge amount of um, emphasis being placed on investors um, being able to rely on information that's being put out in relation to investment decisions. They want to be able to um, believe what is said in relation yep. to where their funds are going to be placed, and they want to believe that um, those funds are going to be placed responsibly. So, so we do think that it's critical for anyone operating within the sector and, and advertising financial products or, or other products which have an ESG factor to them to, to ensure that all information they're receiving from third parties and all information that they're putting out themselves is entirely accurate and can be substantiated. It's also really important um, to to ensure that records of those um, substantiating factors are kept so that if there is ever an issue that arises, it can be dealt with swiftly. Now, we've raised a, a lot of the risks, a lot of the concerns, the litigation, the regulatory backdrop, but what is the best defense for uh, companies out there faced with this uh, particular environment? So, of course, the, the best defense is ensuring that it- that every, every statement you make in any form, whether it's in investor-related information or a required disclosure or even in an advertising, is, is accurate. Um, we think it's, it's really important to be prepared to understand your risk, to know what requirements are, apply to you, and then to make sure that you've got compliance um, programs and policies in place that are well-published internally. We, we often advise our clients that, um, particularly in, in large institutions, it's, it's important to have um, all ESG-related statements be vetted by some kind of committee. It could be important to have both legal and uh, scientific experts on that committee to ensure compliance and, and accuracy. And, and then, of course, as, as we've mentioned, it's important to keep records of how you're going to substantiate any statements you're making. Mm-hmm. And um, we think it's, it's really very important to, to make sure that you've got the right people looking, looking at the statements that are being put out there to make sure that you don't fall foul of, of any climate washing um, or greenwashing allegations. So, of course, the best defense is a good offense against all of this. Uh, Maria and Sarah, thanks very much. It's been great chatting to you.